Paso a Paso Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Paso Paso Podcast. This is Miles, and I'm so glad to be back with you here on another episode and a new topic with some new guests. And as always, I'd love for them to introduce themselves. Um, but I'm so happy to have you both here today. Uh, Rasa, would you like to go first? Uh, thanks for joining us. And um, how would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you, Miles. Um, my name is Rasa O'Donnell, and I am the lead program manager. And lead stands for Let Everyone Advance with Dignity. Thank you, Rasa. Hi, I'm Gina. Um, I am the case manager for the lead program. Thank you so much, Gina and Rasa, for you both being here. Um, very excited to have this conversation. Um, I'm pretty familiar with the lead program as I do uh, related work outside of early childhood in, in that field, but I'm so excited to share it with our community through this Paso Paso podcast and also our partnership with KNCE. So thank you so much to Howie and everyone there. Um, I am completely open to who wants to take the lead on this, but I'm really happy to have you both here because Ross, in many ways, from my perspective, you represent um, a lot of what's gotten our community to this point where this program we're going to discuss is possible. And um, Gina, you really represent uh, the near future and the current status of where it is. So um, both your input will be so valuable today. Rasa, what was, what sort of history would you like to share about LEAD? Um, you shared a bit about the acronym, but maybe you can uh, mention that again. Uh, for people that haven't heard of LEAD or Taos LEAD, what should they know? Is that's kind of a new initiative, right? Yes, it is in Taos. Um, and I also want to credit Taos Alive um, for hosting a summit back in 2018 in which they invited Shelly Moeller, who was the program manager for the Santa Fe LEAD program. And LEAD initially uh, stood for Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion. And um, the idea is it's a pre-arrest diversion for individuals who are struggling with substance use disorder um, and are um, have some criminal behavior because of their substance use to uh, divert them into case management rather than incarceration uh, to reduce the burden on the criminal justice system and really to get them the help that they need. Yeah, thank you, Ross. And as I mentioned before, um, this is a program that is just getting off the ground now in Taos, although there is quite a history of it being successful in other places. Um, what is helpful or necessary about LEAD? Why have a program that addresses this need? Well, I think LEAD is a different approach than what we've tried in the past, which is to mandate um, and sentence abstinence, uh, type of recovery, um, mandate IOP meetings, um, you know, because 12 steps has some success for people to um, achieve recovery. Um, and LEAD is, is a different approach because it's a harm reduction approach. It, it's non-coercive. It's meeting people where they are at and um, just offering support from a peer, someone who has lived experience with substance use, who understands what it's like, what one might be going through, who listens, um, and can really just uh, encourage people that, um, you know, maybe there's some other options that might uh, cost less than an addiction costs to maintain. This is a different sort of discussion for me on this program because um, oftentimes I'm completely ignorant of the topic. And frankly, I love being ignorant of um, any topic because I like to ask and I get to learn um, a lot. Um, 
I'm actually, I've been really involved in this and, and supporting your work, Rasa. Um, so I know a bit, but if I could go back a second and just review what we've already shared, um, for those who are just tuning in on this episode, we're discussing LEAD. And this is a program that is new to Taos and is going to be instituted very soon. I'm not sure if there's a start date yet. Uh, you can fill us in a, in a moment here, but it's for people who may find themselves due to substance use in Taos, um, being coming involved in the legal system or perhaps not getting involved in the legal system, maybe there's another option for that individual to uh, find support in their life, um, see whether there's other things going on that can be supported, and really have someone to, to help them walk through their own experience in our community rather than just going through a judicial legal system. Does that sound right again, Rasa? Yeah, exactly. It really um, it, it puts the person um, struggling with the addiction in, in the driver's seat, um, they get to decide what they need next and what what comes after that, what their vision for health is, what their goals are. Um, and the case manager is, is walking side by side with them and helping them to achieve that. That's a great point, Rasa. And, and thanks so much um, for both you and Gina being here. Um, Gina, I'd love to bring into the discussion. Um, what is it about this initiative that was appealing to you to get involved with? Um, I like the idea that um, it's not being forced on an individual to um, recover, you know, recovery is hard. Um, it's not an easy task. And when you don't have that support to help you take those steps or to educate you or to help someone realize that um, there are approaches, there are um, ways to recover without being mandated. Um, I just feel, you know, that extra support, that unconditional positive regard is so important to an individual. You know, it's meeting them where they're at. It's recognizing that um, they can recover and it's up to them. You can't force it on anyone. They, uh, you know, people have to want to uh, get that help. And when they're in the driver's seat, when they're, stating what they need to happen to help them take that step of recovery. You know, that's when that support or peer support um, is appealing. You know, you just need that guidance, um, someone to say, yes, you can, and it can happen. And I'm here to help you uh, achieve that goal. That's wonderful. And Rasa um, has essentially, I don't know if it's the proper term as coordinator for this initiative. Um, Gina, what is your uh, role or, or part of this uh, this new program? Uh, so I will be the case manager. Um, I will be receiving the referrals um, from the community. And I'll be that peer support, you know, helping the individual taking those steps needed to uh, achieve this recovery process. And as you were speaking, I, was, I thought a couple different things that came to mind. One is that... Um, you know, if someone finds themselves with a substance use issue, uh, regardless of the drug or substance, um, but something that's very prevalent and been in the news lately in the last couple of years at least has been opioid use disorder. And opioid use disorder, um, and honestly, people that have been known to use heroin on a broad scale, I believe the statistics say something like 80% of them started out with a legitimate prescription. And so if someone is to... 
um, find themselves in a situation where they have an issue with substances or drugs, there's so many different ways that they could have gotten to that point. Some of them could have been completely legal, essentially, um, because a downside now of prescribing less opioids to people is if someone's body is physically dependent upon that, and they're not going through the same process of medication-assisted treatment as someone else who is getting off of heroin or other opioids, they themselves find the, the, them in a, in a position where they're seeking um, any opioid, right, to, to maintain um, what their body is demanding of it because of that history of use, legal or not. And so um, it is interesting what you shared, I guess, about that. I don't know if either of you have any thoughts on, on that point as, as far as what brings people to that point and, and how sometimes I think it's, it's assumed that they might have a certain um, pathway and maybe they didn't. Yeah. And, you know, um, and that's the hard part about the opioid epidemic is um, it's the lack of education on, you know, because it was prescribed. Uh, a lot of people think that it's okay um, until they realize that they need it to continue, you know, and um, it's just educating and providing those resources on, um, the downfall of being addicted, you know, or being educated that it is an addiction and that there is some services and help to steer away from that. Um, and then the whole negative impact, you know, that uh, society has placed on uh, substance use. And I think also, yeah, you mentioned, you know, being underprescribed um, as, as being a risk for then people seeking out um, you know, drugs on the street. And, you know, I think, it, it, again, people, um, you know, they know the dosage that they need, at, you know, especially if they've been using for a while. And if they've been using for a while, usually they have a high dependence or high tolerance and need more of the drug. And, you know, uh, you know, sometimes people think the answer is to restrict it for those folks, but really um, you need to, give them the right quantity for where, what their brain chemistry needs as far as like medication goes. Um, so that then, you know, they can get that need met through medication without having to go seek it on the street and potentially get involved in criminal behavior. Um, you know, it's just like if somebody's hungry and they don't have enough food and their only way to get it is to steal it in this market, they're going to do that. And it's a, it's a survival, um, response and it's not necessarily, um, maleficent. Yeah. There's a lot of perspectives on this topic and we've gone so far into it. Can you believe we only have three and a half minutes left? So with that said, can we bring it back full circle? Cause this program traditionally discusses early childhood and family, um, situations. Um, how do you feel as though or the experience of young, our youngest citizens, as Taylor says, um, in our community, young children, uh, kids, youth, how does that relate to this topic? I think that, you know, drugs and alcohol impact almost everyone in some way, you know, through somebody that they know. Um, and, and I think also, you know, it, people turn to drugs and alcohol because it meets a need. It, it, it feels good. It, it numbs a certain amount of pain. Um, and so, you know, it's, it can be easy in some sense to, to fall into that, especially if it's, if it's the norm among your friends or your culture, um, your family. And so I think it's just important to 
again, bring the education about, you know, how it affects your body and your brain, but also just that, um, you know, there's some alternatives to um, dealing with some of those things that, um, you know, may be hard to, to address. Substance abuse affects families at home, you know, um, especially the little children. It's learned behavior. So when you're helping a family out, you're helping the adults, you're educating um, the family support system, you know, you're also helping these children grow up to learn different behaviors than what they're um, they're exposed to. And I think it just all comes back to education and um, helping families be more supportive um, with each other or with the families. Yeah, thanks. I mean, just like you're saying, just like, you know, I know there's been initiatives um, among PASO network members of, hey, let's get uh, access to dentists more frequent um, for young children or families. Let's make sure he has enough food. And in this case, hey, let's help them uh, proactively maybe address um, substance use in their families for people that are wanting some guidance and support with that or for a family member. Um, that being said, I know that this is a brand new program. Is it yet to the point now, as we're in uh, the end of March in 2022, where the community can refer people into this or, or, or learn more? Or, or are we? Uh, is that on the horizon? It's on the horizon. We're going to be launching on April 7th. So that will be the day that um, people can refer um, and call our case, manage, case management. Great. And I guess at that point, maybe there will be a, a hotline or some sort of number that we can uh, we can maybe do another interview after it launches. Uh, we have a number, Gina. Do, do you know your phone number? Okay. <laughs> yes. Not memorized yet. but um, So I do have, you know, a cell phone number. It's a 575-240-9045. That would be directly to me or um, our office. We are located at HRDA. Um, that number is 575-758-5500. Wonderful. Um, thanks. So this is something on the horizon. I know that there's uh, the Taos Lead is the name of the initiative. Um, and Ross, I've seen the logo. I don't know. Is there a website or any social media presence yet? Yeah, we have a website. It's tauslead.com. Um, we're still building it. So it's it's not um, complete, but it is up and live. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you both for your time today and introducing this new opportunity to us. Um, in wrapping up, again, tell me if I'm incorrect here, but basically it sounds like Taos Lead is a new initiative that will be beginning uh, and publicly available in April here in Taos and perhaps Taos County. Is it countywide? Is that accurate? Okay. And it's one where an individual can refer themselves or someone they know or family member uh, to... Uh, this program so that they can have some support with their substance issues, help them navigate available services, help them hopefully stay out of trouble, so to speak. Um, is there anything else that we should add about it before we wrap up today? Um, yeah, just individuals can um, call the number and and ask about being in the program. Um, I think that we won't be taking um, referrals from family members just because, again, we, we want the individual to be in the driver's seat. And if they're being kind of coerced by someone probably is not going to work. That's a great point. Any last word, thoughts on that, Gina? And if you could share the number one more time, actually, if you could share that number, that'd be great again. Okay. It's a 
240-9045. Or uh, my office is 575-758-5500. Looking forward to getting this program going. I really um, feel in my heart that TALS can benefit, you know, um, with this program. And I'm excited to to uh, roll with it, you know, see what success we, comes about. Great. Well, thank you so much. And, and Ross, any last thoughts from you? Um, just, you know, I'm, I, I hold a vision for our community that, you know, we recognize that substance use disorder is not just the responsibility of an individual, but of the whole community, that we make our communities safe for each other and um, that we have all the basic needs met accessible and that we learn to honor and respect everyone as an individual, you know, no matter what they're going through and their struggles that each person matters and has a place in our community. And, um, you know, I just think we can do a lot in just reducing stigma and increasing access to services to um, reduce substance use in our communities. So it's a responsibility we all get to take together. Well, thank you both so much for your time today, and I'm really excited to see what comes of all of this. And thanks so much for offering this information this early uh, into the process to myself and our listeners. Um, and uh, yeah, I will include the phone number as well in the show notes for those of you that um, have ventured into podcast listening. Uh, nearly every iPhone and other phones already have a podcast app, but you can just go in there and search podcast, and uh, there should be something that you can search within that on for Paso Taos or Paso Paso Taos where you can subscribe for free and get all of our episodes directly to your phone. But again, thank you both. And uh, I will include uh, more information in the show notes and hope to invite you back in a few months, perhaps, to learn about how your initiative is helping our community and our families. Thank you, Miles. And I'll, I just want to add one more thing. If, if families are, are struggling with a member who's, who has substance use, um, I encourage them to um, access the craft tools. And I don't know if that's something that you've done on your show, but I think that is a great way to help motivate and encourage our, our family who's struggling. Well, yeah, and I know that there's some initiatives of folks um, offering that to our community, and maybe, uh, Ross, you and I can connect to, to have them on soon. It's not something we've covered. I'm actually staring... Um, as you said that at a craft poster, but um, I won't interview myself. That never goes well. So <laughs> thank you both so much and have a wonderful day and, and we'll, we'll continue. Thank you, Miles. Right, have a great day. Paso, 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 paso. Podcast.